Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Welcome to the Coaches Cup podcast. I'm Sonia Green from soniagreencoaching.com. <laughs> and I'm Judith Fender. I'm one of the amazing coaches with the NoBS Weight Loss Program. And today we are talking about grief. Again, it's not one of those, you know, flashy uh, <laughs> topics that everybody's just, woo, grief. But um, I think that's one of the reasons we need to talk about it, you know, Mm -hmm. especially coming off a year where we've had a lot of grief and loss, Mm -hmm. you know, not just losing people in the pandemic, but losing uh, relationships, losing, you know, community, a sense of community. Oh, I mean, I I find myself saying, I feel like I lost a year. With COVID, I mean, let's just say it. Yeah, just yeah. The loss of normalcy, the as we knew it, what we, um, our our regular routines in life were disrupted. Yes, and so it seems a really important time to talk about grief um, because it it's something that our culture doesn't do well. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really digging in. <laughs> we. Uh, we try to avoid it or fix it many times. And so we want to talk today about what grief is, why it's perfectly human and normal and something that we need to walk toward instead of ignoring or walking away from. And we're going to talk about what it's not um, and how to know when maybe some of your um some of your feelings do need uh, more investigation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Judith, you want to start, you have, you're our handy dandy definition. (laughs) (laughs) We got to know where to start. (laughs) That's right. For all of you listening, I have to tell you, we were pre-gaming and um, (laughs) Judith said, well, what's the definition? And I'm like, you're the definition person. I thought you would have looked it up. And she goes, well, here, I have it right here. (laughs) I'd already looked it up. (laughs) I was quizzing. I I was quizzing Sonia. I I knew. What's the definition? (laughs) (laughs) So according to the one we agreed upon definition from psychology today, I do want to give them credit. Grief is the acute pain that accompanies loss because it is a reflection of what we love. It can feel all encompassing. Grief is not limited to the loss of people, but when it follows the loss, the loss of a loved one, it may be compounded by feelings of guilt and confusion especially if the relationship was difficult. Mm. So that did go into the, the people aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, you know, I think when we think about grief, we often think about losing a loved one, losing a, a person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we also want to, to be inclusive in our definition and kind of expand that. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also be, the loss of, of any community, any relationship. Um, we've talked about if you have lost a child, if, uh, if you've had a miscarriage or a stillbirth, Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you've divorced and lost part of your family that way, or lost 
friends, Mm -hmm. if you've lost pets, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's a huge point of grief that all of those things are suffering a loss. And we don't always, I think we don't always think that, I think we often put limits on grief. You can grieve if, if this happens, if this happens, but if this happens, eh, am, am I off there or? No, no, you're not. I, I, my brain was just thinking about myself, you know, of course we're always coming back to the self. That's why we're coaches, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I would agree with that. I think our tendency has been to think of it around death mm-hmm. and not the bigger picture uh, like we were talking, like I was saying about like around COVID loss of routine, yeah. um, and there's, there's loss of, um, things not attained, right. When you're evaluating your life, you know, if you've, mm-hmm. if you've reached a certain age and you didn't achieve or attain things you wanted, whether it's children, whether it's a career, mm-hmm. whether it's that retirement home, yeah. you know, there's this, there is a sense of loss because it's something you loved and wanted and cared for and anticipated experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if you're listening and you have not, you know, you think, well, grief, I don't, I don't really have any, any connection to that. You probably do mm-hmm. oh. in one way or another. I <laughs> you <think> do, <laughs> you do. <laughs> grief has, has touched us all. And, um, and it, we're going to talk about today how, how you can accept it and really what make it your, or it, you can be an apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about that in in a minute. So let's, let's start talking about, um, one of the, the first places people go when they start thinking about grief is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Right. And the stages of grief. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about those a little bit? So the stages of grief by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who's the, um, she's the, the, what we call her the, the grandmother. I don't, I think she passed away anyway. Okay. So, um, it was interesting as we were pre-gaming, you know, so denial. And I said to, to Sonia, I was like, you know, I think I might be in denial about my mom's death because I find myself saying, I, I know she's passed away. I know she's gone, but I'll say every day can't believe my mom's dead. I cannot believe it. I look at, I see her picture. It's still the shock value is still there. And I'm just, it must be some level of denial. What would you say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that, you know, I often, I hear friends who, you know, have said that they would actually pick up the phone. Oh yeah. To call somebody mm-hmm. before they realize. And so I think I, I think that's, you know, a very common, I mean, of course it's, it's a common thing that we all go through, but right here I have, so I have the definition of denial right here with it. It even says denial and shock help us to cope and make survival possible. Denial helps us to pace our feelings of grief. And that meant that that I find a lot of comfort in that sentence right there. There is a grace in denial. It's nature's way of letting us, of letting in only as much as we can handle as you accept the reality of the loss and start to ask yourself questions, you are unknowingly beginning the healing process. You are becoming stronger and the denial is beginning to fade. Yeah. 
I think that's what I was thinking when I was thinking of denial, that if you, if you were in it, like if you were in it all the time, it would be overwhelming. So as always, our body has a way, it has that control mechanism of, yeah, you just nailed that one too. It says in the beginning about um, if you, the first stage of is denial, it helps us survive. Uh, the world becomes meaningless and overwhelming. Life makes no mm-hmm. sense. Hmm. Yeah. Very good, Sonia. I- <laughs> <laughs> so what about, what's our second stage? Anger, anger, you know, and I was thinking as we were transitioning into this, it's like, you might be in grief if, mm-hmm. you know, you feel these. So anger, um, it's the, it's necessary stage in the healing process. Yeah. Um, well, and we were, we were talking um, earlier about, <clears throat> excuse me, um, about feelings and about especially grief might be especially strong if the relationship has been difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we also don't do anger well as a culture, as a society. And many times we feel guilty about our anger. Mm-hmm. So we start, you know, throwing on, let's see how many things, how many emotions. compounding it, compounding yes, it. Thank you. Uh, you know, can I feel some shame? Can I feel some anger? Can I feel some guilt? <laughs> I will. And then, so to, to touch on that even further uh, with the definition of anger, it's, it's that it's could be what's underneath anger is often mm-hmm. pain. Now, how many times have yes. we coached someone who was so angry and when we're not part of their story and we have the, you know, we're outside looking in, we can see that it's what in fact they're feeling is just tremendous pain. Yes. And that pain turns to anger. Yeah. Yeah. We have to have an outlet for it. Mm-hmm. We have to have an outlet that we can understand. And, you know, it's not, it's not fair. It's not fair that I've lost somebody who's important to me. It's not fair that I didn't attain this thing that I wanted to attain. You know, it's, it's just a very normal process for us to have this sense of anger. This I'm, I'm like, everyone just needs to go read this because listen to this anger becomes a bridge over the open sea, a connection from you to them. Like it's something to hold on to. Anger is something to hold on to. It still gives yeah. you a connection. Yeah. I, um, I've, I've seen people who've lost loved ones um, through accidents and it is their sense of anger at the purposelessness of the situation. You know, why did this person have to be taken away from me? It wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that anger drives their their need for justice, I think is how they're, you know, processing it. Um, but it also, I can see how it connects them. If I can find some justice in this loss, in this tragedy, then, you know, it's kind of a righteous anger. Which is um, interesting. Cause that's going to be the, the sixth one is kind of where I hear you that transitioning into we're not going to skip off there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or do you want me to? <laughs> no, no, no. Go right ahead. So move on. 
Oh, well, it, and anger is another indication of the intensity of the love you felt Absolutely. for that, for that person or that event, or, you know, it's something, like you said, it's something to hold on to. So, and I third- would also, I'm sorry, but I was just thinking it's also, it can also be the fear of not knowing where to move forward mm-hmm. that causes mm-hmm. that anger. I think a lot of time anger comes from, from fear too. The, uh, that masking it's yes. masking anger is masking something underneath. So whether yes. it's guilt or fear, pain, love, the anger is just, well, it's easy to tap into. Yes. Because if you're mad, just right there, <laughs> you're just angry at the world. It just yep. feels right. Well, I have a right to be mad because so-and-so is gone or this, you know, my loss is great and I'm in pain and yes. this is how I'm expressing it. Exactly. So again, you know, even as I said that about the purpose, which these are not linear, right? No. So I did want to say it. So bargaining, bargaining is the next stage we will talk about. Um, So before a loss, it seems like you will do anything. If only your loved one would be spared. Um, I'll never be angry at my wife again, if you'll just let her live. Right. So that bargaining process that you'll you know, become devoted to others. And when you wake up and realize that, you know, this, this, this did happen, that this person did pass away. Um, then we, we turn to those, what if statements and only if, if only yeah, bargaining with the pain, um, we find fault in ourselves when we're bargaining. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, all of these things, like you said, they compound and they intensify the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want everyone to understand that it is normal that we wouldn't want to, you know, nobody, nobody wants grief, even though at the end of the day, we're going to come to the point where we encourage people to walk toward it <laughs> and embrace it. I understand why that's a hard sell. Mm, 100%, 100%. Even reading this, I'm like this, you know, it's just not, not pleasant, but Nobody wants to sign up for that. No, but the, but the alternative, the alternative is to entwine yourself in this big story and, and push it aside and, and not deal with it and not know that it's normal is you know, twisting yourself up in a big ball of fisherman's wire Mm -hmm. and just having a mess. Yeah. So knowing, knowing about these stages and knowing that it's normal, I find a lot of comfort in that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So after bargaining is depression. Yeah. Our, our, um, after bargaining, our attention moves squarely into the present, empty feelings present themselves and grief enters into our lives on a deeper level than we ever imagined. Uh, depressive stages feel as though they'll last forever. Um, I think this is where, when we last week, when we were pre-gaming or when this came up, we, we talked about you know, how the difference between depression and grief. Yeah. Did we want to talk about that here? Sure. Absolutely. Because that there, there is a, you know, there is certainly there is overlap, but there is also depression that moves beyond grief. Right. So 
the depression depression after a loss is normal and it's not a fixed state. Um, the question to ask yourself is whether or not the situation you're in is actually depressing, right? Like, does this make sense right now that I would feel this way and having an understanding? So the difference between grief comes and goes, but depression would be constant. So having yeah. like the constant depression while going through grief. Like you're talking about those stages of, of uh, denial where you will actually forget depression through grief may come at a moment when you pick up the phone and realize your mom is not, not there. there. You can't call her where actual clinical depression that may need medical intervention is going to just sit yeah. with you it's on be you. That, that fog yeah. all the time. Yes. And wow. I, that is very important for people to understand mm-hmm. um, that there is depression related to grief. And then there is depression that moves beyond that. That's going to require some outside help. And that is absolutely okay too. Mm-hmm. You know, our brains produce chemicals and sometimes they're not working right and they don't produce the right chemicals when we need them. Maybe we've already used it all up, right? They become depleted or for whatever yeah. reason, you know, the chemical, the, the chemical cocktails matter. Yes. What you, what you have going and you only have so much that your body can deal with at any one time. So this uh, isn't something you should be judging if you oh. need additional help, <laughs> please don't be judging yourself for that. Mm-hmm. Don't be judging yourself for the way you're handling a situation. Um, you know, I think one of the, one of the problems we get into with grief, and I was thinking about it when you were talking about depression, something in the, in that you said, I don't remember now, but we have this idea that there's a certain time period that people are allowed to grieve. And I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, but certainly after a a certain time period, if you're still out in public talking about this loved one, talking about your loss, getting emotional about it, people start to feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, that gets it. They want to fix it. They want to them. Yeah. Yeah, Because we're not good at discomfort in our culture. We are great at buffering or throwing on something to, you know, turn your attention from it, Mm -hmm. but we aren't good with the big emotions in our culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my really good friends lost her father in a car accident um, more, I guess, close to to 12 years ago, uh, 13 years ago. And, um, you know, it was. It was, it came out of nowhere. It was very unexpected and it was a huge loss for her. Uh, And she, she grieved very openly, very, you know, she was in a very raw state. I don't know how else to, to, um, to say it for, for a while. And people would come to me and they would be like, is she okay? Shouldn't she be? 
mm. you know, should she still be this torn up? Well, there, there's no, there's no right way to grieve. There's no wrong way to grieve. Mm-hmm. So the answer to that is yes. Yes, she should still be this way. Yes, she should be exactly where she is because she is a human on this planet and she is experiencing her grief. I I just can't think of any, like that's just a a beautiful uh, story to connect with that it it, it has no, there's no timeline because Mm -mm. what we know about thought work, of course, when you think about someone and you have thoughts and your brain is still adjusting to daily, weekly, whenever it comes up and you will feel the loss. And, and I I personally, I like it's love, right? Absolutely. Because you loved them so dearly. That's, Mm -hmm. that's just feels it's not the loss. It's the love. Yeah, absolutely. Grief would not grief would never happen without that emotional attachment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're expanding it beyond losing loved ones. Uh, but either way, there's an emotional attachment that that's drawing you in and there's just, there's just no timeline. So if, you know, people always want to know what, how we help somebody, who's grieving. One of the biggest things that I would say in, in working with people and I've, I've coached people, quite a few people who have gone through different kinds of grief or for different reasons is don't, don't even think, don't come into it with an idea of how they should be grieving. Right. Right. I would agree. And, and, and yeah, I'm sorry, you were going to say, no, go ahead as we're talking and I'm, and I'm scanning this list of the difference between grief and depression, I I do see a lot of values on you and me. Like, I want to make sure we get these said, because I do believe as I read this, some, some people experiencing grief are in fact creating depression for themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's depression with grief. And where the difference can become this one, grief makes you focus on the person you lost where depression makes you focus on your own thoughts and emotions. Yeah. And there's, that's a, that's a subtle difference that I have even in some of my clients or with myself, Mm -hmm. when I start making it about me and stuck in my problems versus, you know, the loss of, but seeing me as broken and me as the problem and but I feel so overwhelmed and that, that difference. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess it is a subtle difference, but very, very, it's more about how unfair it is that I have experienced this versus this person that I'm missing. Yes. Or the thing that I have missed out on more ego centered where ego Mm -hmm. habit brain, yeah. About the self versus the, the loss, the human experience of losing a person off the earth or yeah. um, not having, and grief makes you angry and people know it with depression. Um, depression makes you angry, but it can be hard for other people to tell. 
which that's interesting. Like, I think I see mm-hmm. that as that's that internal dialogue. You're angry right, right. internally, but no one, no one on the outside would ever notice where someone who's really feeling grief is expressing the anger outwardly. Yes. Yeah. Um, my friend, I can remember her, you know, calling me in the middle of the night, just sobbing and so angry, just that this happened to her father, who was such a wonderful person and supported, you know, so many people in her family and, you know, was loving and kind and, and, you know, just these outbursts, um, and, you know, that was part of her grief. Mm-hmm. And I am so glad that she called me and expressed that rather than feeling mm-hmm. shame or guilt about it and covering mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's where we really shortchange ourselves. And even as you're saying that, I think like, you know, that it's healthy. Absolutely. To express it. If you think of it as in terms of it's healthy anger. When you internalize it and turn it inward, that, that the depression, the clinical definition, how, how, when we turn it inward, how that cycles and cycles and compounds. Well, and that, that brings up, I want to get through the rest of these. I think we've, we've just got uh, two more, two more stages. I want to get through those two and then talk about how, how we, don't do a very good job and some some ways that we have gotten away from grief in our culture that can maybe help us to get back to that healthy grieving process Mm -hmm. so we've got two two left acceptance and so the, the the thing with acceptance is sometimes people confuse accepting as being okay with what happened happened versus um, the reality, right. The, the reality is there, the person we're accepting that the person is gone. Like the healthy is acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's still sadness around that. Mm-hmm. There's still, you know, some of those, those negative, negative feelings I'm saying negative in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, but accepting the fact that that reality is what it is and that that they're, you know what, why don't you talk really bring up your poem now? Because I love, I think that's a good way to talk about acceptance. Okay. So I came across this poem. So it was a Thai meditating master while traveling through Asia in the seventies. He said, do you see this goblet? And for me, this goblet is glass and it is already broken. I enjoy it. I drink out of it. It holds my water admirably, sometimes even reflecting the sun in beautiful patterns. If I should tap it, it has a lovely ring to it. But when I put this glass on the shelf and the wind knocks it over or my elbow brushes it off the table and it falls to the ground, it shatters. I say, of course. When I understand that the glass is already broken, every moment with it is precious. Yeah, I think that that's just beautiful. And it's one way for us to 
think about acceptance and think about loss, that loss is a natural part of life. Mm -hmm. We don't have a full experience of life if we don't have loss. The contrast, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it's, I don't think we've said this in a while. It's important to realize that we experience our positive emotions at the same level that we allow ourselves to experience our negative emotions. Okay. Explain that. Okay. (laughs) So if we are resisting grief, loss, anger, you know, any of those negative emotions that we don't know what to do with. And so we just push them down, push them away, buffer instead of experiencing them. We need to understand that the contrast when we have positive experiences, the joy, the love, Mm -hmm. we're going to experience those at the same level because we can't experience full joy and full love and full compassion if we are limiting the level of our negative experiences. We experience those pretty equally Mm -hmm. in what we allow ourselves to engage in. So my brain immediately goes to thinking, of course, like the buffering, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we are, if we are deep in avoiding the negative feelings, then we are overing somewhere else and not even enjoying that. And then relationships mm-hmm. suffer and we're not, we're not balanced. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's important to remember that, you know, it, part of accepting loss is remembering and being happy about the life that that person lived. If it's, if it's a person that you're grieving. Um, so I have to tell a story that uh, I wasn't thinking about, but um, my, my grandparents on my mother's side, I have, I was always very close to them. They were only 40 when I was born. So it was like having a second set of parents. And uh, my grandfather passed away in 2015. Um, And, you know, he's, he and my grandmother are, they were such a presence in my life. My grandmother's still alive, still is a presence in my life. But so I was mowing the other day, mowing the yard. My husband gave me a very quick, um, I don't know. He showed me how to use Yeah. (laughs) Yes, to to he coached me to use the zero turn mower and then he left. Oh (laughs) so it was a very quick lesson and then he left and here I am with the zero turn mower. Well, I don't know if you've ever if you can remember your first time on a zero turn mower if you've had it, but it's kind of funny because I felt like I was holding back a bucking bronco the whole time. Yeah. And and so um it was kind of a comical experience. I ran over a flower pot, you know, nothing, nothing irreplaceable was lost, (laughs) but, and I was thinking if my grandfather was watching this right now, he would be rolling. He would have had the best time because he loved to laugh about as much as anybody I've ever known in my life. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought this experience, he would be enjoying this so much. And, you know, that's that acceptance. There's all kinds of feelings there, right? There's the loss still six years later that he's not here with us to experience those things. But there's also the joy because I can remember his laughter and I can know that this is something that would have caused that laughter. And so there's also that positive feeling that I can now have that balance, Mm -hmm. you know, you balance the loss with the joy. I don't think the, the, the loss ever goes away, but when you give when you give equal airtime to both sides, to both the negative and positive feelings, it really opens the door to experience the, the positive at a higher level as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like just want to come back and, and thinking about the stages. Mm-hmm. So the so acceptance would be like accepting the changes in your life. You're creating friendships, moving forward, carrying on without the person as we are going through acceptance. And it's subtle. Like you just said, like you said, six years later, yeah. And you're finding yourself at a level of exempt acceptance and like you're living again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's nor it's become normal, normal. I'm air quoting. Yeah. Except yeah, him. and there's always going to be that sense of I wish he was there to share this. Yes, yes. You know, I have uh, an aunt who passed away when I was 21, and she was such uh, a force in my life. And you know, there every once in a while, I'll be like, "Can I still hear her? Like, can I still hear her voice?" Because it's important to me to to think back. You know, sometimes to have some kind of connection when it's been so long. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, you, you know, I I want to have, I want to be able to have the full experience Mm -hmm. because it's, our lives are much sweeter when we can have both the full negative and positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think about um, acceptance you know, and, and, and as it, this is glaring at me, it's except instead of denying our feelings, we listen to our needs more again, coming back to the stages, mm-hmm. thinking about clients I have been coaching that are, are not there yet. And, mm-hmm. and I'm even questioning myself, where am I at on this? I'm, I guess I'm still back at uh, denial. Well, and let's, let's say again, that these are not linear steps. Oh, we mentioned no, 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 that no. earlier, but no. because I do think it's interesting because I do feel very accepting and in denial mm-hmm. and bargaining and I don't know, depression. No. Um, yeah. Anyway. It's not a neat process. No. So if you're, you know, if you're into controlling things and controlling your process, Grief is not going to be a neat little process. Oh, today I'm going to feel denial. <laughs> That's not the way it works. No, no, because uh, no, it's, it's an awareness. And I'm like, I notice I keep saying, I can't believe my mom, my mom is dead. I notice I keep saying that. Why do I keep saying that? And then hello, opening up this. Like, oh yeah. Okay. It's because it's helping me absorb the shock of what's gone on. Yeah. It helps me cope. Yeah. By saying that. Yes, absolutely. 
Thank you for joining us this week as we began our discussion on grief. We appreciate you dedicated listeners to the Coaches Cup, and we'll be back again next week with part two of our discussion. I hope you'll come back and listen. In the meantime, if you enjoy our podcast, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review. It helps more people to find our podcast and share our what we're bringing to you on to others in the world. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.